Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, TCU, Kansas. Tomorrow afternoon, a battle of unbeatens. We'll have one more preview to end the week right now here on Locked On Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is Locked on Horn Frogs. I'm Stephen Simcox, your host. We are closing out the week with one more sort of preview of TCU in Kansas. If you missed it earlier this week, a good reference for this game is going to be uh, on Wednesday. I chatted with um, Josh Neighbors from Lonson from Locked on Kansas, and we had a good conversation about these two teams, kind of where they are. College game day, of course, as you know, will be there in Lawrence on Saturday morning, game starting at 11 a.m. Yesterday we talked a little bit about uh, the defense, the, the TCU defense against the Kansas offense, or just the unique offense that Kansas runs. And I want to highlight some of that again in segment two today. But here in segment one, I really want to discuss um, the TCU offense versus the Kansas defense. And this TCU offense has been amazing all year long. They're second in the country um, in scoring. They're first in the country in big plays or in yards per play, almost getting a first down on every play, or at least that's what they're averaging as of right now. Max Duggan has been incredible. Um, they've spread it around to a lot of different receivers. No, not one guy has really emerged as kind of the go-to player, but um, they're hitting everyone and, and the ball's getting in, in different guys' hands and they're making plays. So Kansas defense has had an intriguing year. Um, you know, they gave up 42 points to West Virginia. That game went into overtime. They gave up 30 points to Houston. But against Iowa State, who is granted – struggling on offense. They only give up 11 points. And one thing that they've done well this year is they've been pretty salty against the run. They only gave up 26 rushing yards against Iowa State on Saturday. Obviously, Tennessee Tech, who was their FCS opponent start the year, didn't run the ball well on them. Um, but even Duke and West Virginia and Houston struggled to run the ball consistently. Nobody's had over 200 yards rushing as a team against them this year. Um, they haven't had a single rusher that's gone over 100 yards so I wonder how this offensive line, TCU's offensive line, has been really good this year. Kendra Miller, Amari DiMercato, you know, Monty Bailey coming in for spells as well. They've all been effective running the football. Um, that'll be sort of a, a an intriguing matchup because TCU's been able to get what they want on the ground, and it's kind of been a secondary piece to what they want to do uh, because they've been throwing the ball so well. But there have been explosive plays on the ground. They've consistently been getting five, six, seven yards a pop. Um, so I, I want to see how that plays out early in the game because if TCU can run the football effectively, then it'll allow them to stay on schedule and do all the things they want to do. Um, but if Kansas is able to stifle that a little bit, then we'll see for the first time this year, TCU kind of have to be in a one-dimensional situation, at least momentarily, until they can figure out how to be more effective on the ground. I honestly don't know. Like if I was a defensive coordinator at this point, based on the first four games of the year. I'm not really sure what I would try to take away um, when, when you're talking about the TCU offense. Because on defense, you're really trying to, to limit something and force a team into playing into your hands, playing one-dimensionally. Um, and for the last few seasons, it's obviously been making TCU throw the football. But they've been so good and so efficient in the passing game so far this year um, that I can't imagine, like, you're just going to see a bunch of two safety high looks and – you know, allowing some underneath routes, allowing um, guys to just kind of get what they want. 
in front of the sticks and and try to make tackles in space. Um, but we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. This TCU offense has been so consistently good. You know, they had the first half against Colorado was rough, but I think a lot of that was sort of their own doing, figuring out a new system. And then the third quarter against SMU was pretty tough. Now, one thing that SMU did that Oklahoma didn't, and I, I do wonder how Kansas kind of um, approaches it, is they they sent a lot of pressure. SMU did, I mean. Now, they really tried to light Max Duggan up and make him uncomfortable and move the pocket. Um, and they handled it pretty well overall. Now, in the third quarter, they struggled. And really, for most of the second half, the offense was pretty up and down, but they were able to get some explosive plays, mainly that Amari Mercado run for a touchdown that sort of sealed the game. But they did confuse the TCU offensive line by bringing a lot of different pressures, bringing a lot of different looks, um, and that kind of gave them fits. So I wonder if Kansas does that. I really think the advantage here is on the side of the TCU offense. I think KU will feel like they had a good day if they can slow TCU down a little bit you know, force them to go on some long, methodical drives, see if they can get them to make some mistakes and hurt themselves um, like they did in the second half of that SMU game and stay in the game. But I, I really feel like, and we'll talk more about this in segment two, you know, it's a spread concept that Kansas is running, but I believe they're going to want to try to slow this game down and protect their defense as much as possible. You know, I don't expect necessarily to see the huge explosive plays, at least in the same quantity that we saw them against Oklahoma, because I just seemed a lot of that seemed like coverage bust. You know, that 73 yard touchdown pass to Tay Barber, the the pass to Gunnar Henderson. Now those were plays where there was nobody really near um, the, the intended wide receiver, and they kind of just got what they wanted. However, I just think TCU, they got too much speed. There's too many different ways that they can hurt you on offense. I feel like Garrett Riley and Sunday Ikes have a really good feel for what they want to do. Um, you know, those first drives, those scripted drives have been fantastic all year outside of that Colorado game. And another key in this one to me is who starts out fast. Because with the exception of the West Virginia game, Kansas has gotten out to a really fast start against everybody. And that helps um, because they want to run the football and they want to kind of control the clock and it plays into their hand there. TCU has also gotten off to quick starts against everyone with the exception of the Colorado game. Um, so who sort of controls the pace of play early, who dictates how the game's going to go. And can you weather the first few minutes? I imagine it's going to be a great atmosphere. It's another sellout. People are going to be there for game day. So if you can find a way to jump on them early, that could be a huge way to take the wind out of the sails of that crowd and sort of allow you to, to calm down and settle in and do what you want on a more consistent basis. When we come back, I want to talk more about this Kansas offense facing off against the TCU defense there from 247 Sports wrote a really good piece yesterday about those two units, so we'll discuss that. Before we do that, though, I did want to give a quick shout-out to one of our great sponsors, Bet Online. If you're thinking about wagering this week, TCU is a seven-point favorite in Lawrence, Kansas. Do you feel like the Frogs are going to cover the spread? Go to Bet Online. You can wager on that. You can also wager on any, you know, in every college football game going on this weekend, A&M Alabama, Texas OU. Take your pick. It's all there. NFL coming up on Sunday. Um, if you suffered through that terrible you know, Broncos Colts came yesterday and you want to sort of refocus and try to make some money on the NFL this weekend, go to Bet Online. It's also just a great place to get all your sports news. Bet Online um, is your one-stop shop for sports news, for wagering information. Uh, it's it's where the best go. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports, he owns Bet Online and he does a fantastic job. He has the Locked On Bets, one of the podcasts it's a part of. 
the Locked On Podcast Network. Try to make some money. Use that sports passion and that love you have for the game and uh, try to turn it into a side hustle. Bet online. Visit there today. So yesterday we talked um, a lot about Kansas and sort of what they do. Uh, you know, they run a triple option offense, but it's out of the shotgun, so it's not your traditional under center, fullback in the backfield, and you kind of have two split backs like the service academies do. Um, and, and Blake Brockermeyer from 247 Sports, he wrote a really good article. It's under film study, and it's just the Kansas offense versus the TCU defense and how can TCU be effective, how can Kansas be effective. And, you know, looking at this Kansas offense, he mentions that they play in a lot of different personnel groupings, but the one they mainly go out of is a pistol. And I mentioned this yesterday, like they'll put some unique – um, spins on things. They'll come out in some different formations that make your eyes go crazy a little bit from time to time. Like they were in the Maryland eye on the shotgun at one point last week, which is three running backs behind each other, um, back to back to back, and then the quarterback in front of them. But what they primarily work out of is the pistol formation, which is a quarterback and shotgun, and then a running back directly behind him. And that's where they're going to make most of their money during the day. They run motion on almost every play. I mean, this is very much about trying to cause misdirection, trying to cause confusion, trying to make the defense as unsure about themselves as possible before the play starts and then use that to get chunk plays, chunk yardage plays off that motion, off all that misdirection. Um, They will, you know, at times they'll come out in what's called a muddled huddle where they'll kind of sort of come to the line, but they won't exactly show you what sort of formation they're in, they're, they're all jumbled up tight together, and then they'll run some routes. They'll run some different plays out of that. So, um, yeah, Jalen Daniels can throw the ball, but that's not where they want to, you know, spend a lot of their time. They want to mostly get uh, most of their yardage and be effective on the ground. So a huge key for this DCU defense is going to be stopping the run. And they've been good at this all year. Blake Brockemeyer mentions this. He says, you know, their weakness has been in the pass game. They've given up a lot of huge plays in the pass game. Um, struggled against SMU at times, struggled against Carlton at times, but still won those games. Obviously, you know, played well. I think these corners, Travis Hodges, Tomlinson, Josh Newton, Keen Stewart, I feel like they will fix some of those things. I think they're going to get better as the year goes on. They did a really nice job limiting Oklahoma, actually, in the passing game. We, all know, we always know Oklahoma has great wide receivers. This year they're led by Marvin Mims back there. So I'm not super worried about the secondary. I think they're going to figure it out. However, they have been struggling up to this point, but Kansas doesn't, you know, make their living throwing the football. When they are going to throw the football, it's probably going to be um, to their tight ends. You know, they have a couple wide receivers they like to target, but really tight end, fullbacks, flipbacks. I mean, this is an, an option offense in a lot of ways that's trying to get the ball to guys in space um, and allow them to make plays. So a huge key for me. And TCU's defense under Joe Gillespie, has has more of a bend but don't break mentality. You know, um, kill and spill is another way to say it, meaning they're trying to keep things in front of them. They're trying to not give up big plays, force offenses to move down the field methodically. Um, I think that kind of plays into Kansas's hands, though. So one huge key, and, and it's a key in every game, but TCU has to be effective on first and second down. You have to put Kansas in second and long and third and long. If KU is able to get in third and manageable, and they have their whole playbook, you know, to their disposal, where they can run some option concepts, or they can run some passing concepts. Um, third and two, third and three, third and four. That's where they live. And TCU struggled on third and long this year, but you want to try to force this team 
to throw the football, to make plays in a more traditional passing game, right? Put them in situations where they kind of have to tip their hand and show you what they're trying to do when they can't just live off misdirection and motion and trying to put you in tough positions. Make sure that they're having to make plays in a more traditional way in the passing game. That's going to be a huge key to this game. Um, Devin Neal's a good running back. Jalen Daniels is an athlete at QB. This is a big test for the TCU defense, but I think they understand the scheme. You know, one advantage here is this season they've been flying around to the football. They look like they know what they're doing. They look decisive. Last year there seemed to be a lot of confusion. So I feel like this is a, a big test from a preparation standpoint, from an execution standpoint. But I think TCU is up to the task. As far as a prediction goes, I'm picking the Frogs to win. I think they cover. I feel like it's a close game. Like it's, I don't think it's a game where TCU fans are comfortable throughout. But if I'm giving a score prediction, I'll say TCU wins 42-31. to 31, And they sort of pull away late. I feel like they get to 5-0 and on the road. You know, I think I'm not super worried about their mental makeup going into this one. It seems like Sunny Dykes has been pulling all the right strings there. Uh, you know, the team has obviously heard a lot of praise this week, and you got to kind of fight that. You have to find a way to stay motivated and stay hungry. Um, but Kansas is also in that same spot, and they're going to have a lot of distractions with college game day on campus, with all the different media responsibilities that are there. So a, a fun atmosphere, a fun moment for these two programs, but I think TCU ultimately comes away with the victory, gets to 5-0, and and then hopefully we're talking about a top 15 matchup against Oklahoma State next weekend in Fort Worth. It's been a while since we had a game of that caliber in the Carter, and hopefully we're talking about that on Monday with our pal Matt Jennings. I'm Steven Simcox. Thank you guys for tuning in this week. It's been fun, man. It's fun doing these when the Frogs win, um, and so I hope that continues and we can keep talking about all the positive things that come with those victories. This is uh, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team.